0: When you have puppies puppies can be fragile and when they have additional challenges sometimes sad things happen when i feel that something like that's going to happen i know that whatever sadness is to come i'm going to get through it just fine there is going to be good stuff that comes from it i won't know it right away there are going to be lessons there's going to be love there's going to be something
1: you're listening to find the good news episode 97 The Step Towards Joy, a Beacon series conversation featuring Kathy Callahan, author of 101 Rescue Puppies, One Family Story of Fostering Dogs, Love, and Trust, published by New World Library. Find the Good News is produced by Parker Brand Creative Services, a branding agency that thinks sideways, pushes forward, and gets your brand up. See what else we do at parkerbrandup.com. I have to be honest. Lately, I've been feeling a little burned out, and why wouldn't I? Like you, I've been on this train without brakes that has 2020 painted on the side, and I suppose all the bumps and rickety tracks have rattled my brain and frayed my nerves. We're all doing the best we can do with the hand we've been dealt. I can testify that a human mind, my human mind, needs a reprieve from the battering inflicted by news cycles choked with fires, storms, politics, and pandemics recently my break came at me sideways in the form of the lovely little book 101 rescue puppies one family story of fostering dogs loved and trust by kathy callahan what i was expecting was a quick read about the world of animal rescue work and fostering what i got was a shot of joy right to the heart a serum for the gloomy settling mood i could feel draping all over me In this conversation with Kathy, I discovered that her road to animal fostering didn't come from some lifelong adoration of animals, but rather it developed over time, growing into other parts of her life and the lives of those she encountered through her good work. Her much needed message, which arrived in the form of perpetual puppy love, is that a human doesn't have to wait for the perfect circumstances or training to arrive before they step toward joy. What Kathy believes and practices is that by making that first move forward, good will compound upon good. Love grows from love and happiness blossoms and spreads in ways that could not be conceived of at the beginning of the journey. Kathy Callahan reminded me of the priceless value of the connection to the world of creatures beyond my own species. And her book proves that when people show compassion to other creatures, their hearts expand, making more room for love, hope, and healing. Now, it's time to get out of the 2020 grind. Find your faith in the great human capacity to do the right thing. Then tune your attention to this good news beacon and press play on a little Good news. Wake up, it's morning. You're dreaming up a story I can hear. The way it's going, cause you're laughing in your sleep. On the path to your deliverance, and a holy wall of light. through window. Old news, bad news, fake news. Sometimes you want to shut those signals down and seek a better source. With my Find the Good News Beacon series, I tune into good people doing good works wherever I I can can find them. I scan across the full spectrum of life, seeking out human beings that have turned their dials towards helping others, aligning their time, resources, and talents with goodness, justice, mercy, and love. In each episode, I sync up with the hearts and minds of my extraordinary guests. We have dynamic conversations that invigorate the mind long after our transmission has ended. I discover the critical life experiences that shape them, the perspectives that drive them, and the fundamental beliefs that have anchored them to a path of goodness. There's a lot of background noise in the world. My name is Oren Parker, and I'm cutting through the static to find the good. Uh-huh. It was always face-to-face. I mean, I was doing uh, mostly a local show, and yeah. I had probably 65 interviews with local people doing really good things, and I decided to start branching out and, and doing call Podcast. It seemed like everybody else was doing it, and I said, "Well, let's just try and see if the uh, if the idea is sound. Let's see if other people who are doing good things in other places would be interested." And it, it ended up being a blessing in disguise that we kind of made the switch because COVID just shut everybody down, so it right. turned ch- changed the whole direction of my show.
0: Well, and so interesting for you too. That really opens up your world too to a whole bunch of extra people that uh, oh otherwise right. Might- Never have been able to connect with. So
1: that's fun. It really is. I, uh, I've i made new friends and uh, right. just a, a, a larger brother and sisterhood. Honestly, I love it.
0: You bet. And honestly, and we can talk about this during the show, that that's what fostering does for me as well. So all these people that we have sent these puppies to, oh, my God, they're like family to me now. And oh, I believe a, that. It is this weirdly intimate relationship that you have with them. And they are strangers. You know, they come into my house and they're strangers. And like days later, they feel like family to me. And and I'm sure, and I, I've listened to a little bit of your podcast and I see oh, how you, you connect to your guests and I can see how that happens to you too.
1: Oh, I know. I, I really have become, um, I mean, maybe it doesn't happen every time, but uh, sure. some of the guests, and I would say more often than not, continue to stay in touch because we end up connecting on social media, and I find that we have a lot more in common than we we don't, and uh, I think that's so beautiful. Social media can be so toxic sometimes, and to find that it doesn't have to be is a wonderful treasure.
0: Exactly, and that is my stuff, too. So many people tell me that they've tried to get off Facebook, but the one thing they're on there for is my stuff because (laughs) my stuff. Is the happy stuff? It's just happy puppies who cut co- who look into our house and then look into another house, and everybody's all good. And it is without social media, none of that's happening. So it really is. Yeah. It can be good.
1: Yeah, it's the it's how we use the tool. That's really what it is. I know there was this Netflix documentary that came out recently that kind of made the buzz about how negative it is and toxic. And I see it, which is yep. part of what this show was designed to sort of combat or counteract but after i watched it i thought you know i we can't place all the blame on the creators of these tools i mean i wake up and i choose to use the tool the way i'm going to use it so it's all i think sometimes we can take that individual responsibility and shuck it and go oh you're at fault you know invisible other who created this thing But I'm the one who chooses to turn it on and post or consume negative things.
0: That is absolutely right. Totally with you on that.
1: Well, let's just jump right in then. Sure. Uh, Because this is exactly the tone that I I feel like I – I was, you know, so with each guest, I imagine what our conversation is going to be like, what's going to come up, and what I found is that goes out the window pretty quickly. Right. Because uh, right. I try to right. keep it really conversational. You know, right. I'm not a, I'm not I'm not an intellectual person. I, I'm really just an ordinary person, and I always wanted the show to be from that perspective. You know, very yeah. approachable. That we can be just ordinary, plain people, and impact the world in whatever you way. Bet. You bet. So your book uh, came along at a really great time for me personally, because my studio is in Louisiana. And I don't know if you're kind of keeping up with the news or, or the weather, but Louisiana was recently impacted twice sure. by two monster hurricanes back to back. Well, I live in the area that those hurricanes hit. And so the whole my whole world for like, yeah. you know, eight weeks on top of covid. Has just been about those storms. And even though in today, the truth of the matter is today, I woke up and today was the first day in months where I went, huh, I'm a little burnt out. Like I'm starting to feel a little smoked, like I couldn't quite get into myself today. And, And my, my energy was low. And so I started thinking about what I had to do today and I went, oh, I have this conversation. And then I started thinking about your book. And the way I felt when I was reading it, cause it came at me sideways, you know, it came at me, it wasn't something that I initially thought. I was gonna get out of it. What I got, does that make sense? I, 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 and makes- I have friends in the rescue world and it's like, okay, that can be sort of a, I hate to say it, but almost like a, a downer sometimes. Cause there's so much tragedy.
0: Exactly. That and is your book's not, not that weird. at all. It is not that. It is not that. And the truth is, it, it's not like that was such a conscious decision to, but that's just how I come at it. That I that book is just reporting what happened in my house and what happens in my house. I just see beautiful stuff in my house. So that's what that's what's in that book. Yeah. Um, and so that what I love, you know, I love hearing you say uh, that it was what you needed and that it pulled you up a little bit when you read it, because <clears throat> what's funny is... I did not write this in 2020. I wrote this over years, uh, starting in 2016, and then, anyway, it. but it happened to come out just now. I love that it is there for people in 2020. This is a rough time for pretty much everybody, and I feel like this little book can give you just a smidgen of the joy and the good that I feel being smack in the middle of this puppy fostering world and like the, the just that just feels like a gift to be able to give that to people give them just a little bit of the window that's like wait 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 everything isn't bad check it out actually there's still a good and joy out there you just gotta look
1: yeah i i didn't have to look too hard in your book because i mean immediately <laughs> i thought god i i could feel um it was almost like it was lifting some of the heaviness off of Life for just a little while. And what I loved about it, too, was the way it was so digestible. I didn't have to know anything about uh, fostering dogs. I didn't have to know anything about the complexities of taking care of dogs. I didn't have to know any of that stuff to get the human Story out yeah. of it too. That was the yeah. thing that I didn't expect. I thought, well, it's going to be about dogs, and I'm going to learn a lot about that. But it was really there were certain things in in your book that one or two things that I really were my huge takeaway moments, and I, I highlighted them because I was like, wow, these two things stand out to me. And one was the story of the parent who was concerned about their teenager being consumed by devices, you know, and sort of entering to that world and almost getting closed off. And I I immediately have a teenager and I've had teenagers and I started relating immediately to that. And I thought, yeah, I get it. How do you, what do you use to combat that? Because that can really take away the the, uh, flavor of their life, you know?
0: Absolutely. And that, I mean, and that's, so she, she, she reached out saying she thought maybe a puppy would be an important thing going forward through his teenage years. He was just getting into being a teenager. They were a little bit older as parents and they only had this one child and I think she just felt a little worried. And her gut said a dog would keep him in the moment and outside and off of devices and all that stuff. And guess what? That is so absolutely right and, um, you know, so we canceled, yeah, you know, we, we chatted for a while, and in fact, that that dog did go to that boy. and I would get these texts of the two of them all snuggled up in bed together. and she would just text and say, you know, um, it's changed his life and it's just beautiful to see that and and the truth is we feel that in our house all the time you know we um, we always have that sort of groundedness that comes from having animals with you that it does keep you in the moment you look in their eyes and you do get centered you just. Uh calm down and we're lucky enough to have that all the time and it's fun to be able to share it because of the puppies who come in here that gives me an opportunity to share that with people there will there are people who will moms will text me like oh my daughter's having a rough day could we drop by i love oh wow say yes to that so you know and nobody's talking about why she had a rough day or what's going on because none of that matters she comes in and she goes into the puppy den and she lies down there and they all swarm all over her and things melt away and you just kind of regain a little bit of perspective because of that. Um, in the moment stuff that's happening. And it's just, um, oh, it's lovely. It's just lovely to be able to share that with
1: people. So I'm curious about something. You know, I, I think sometimes, and maybe not everybody's like this, I, I would just make a big general assumption here. But I think sometimes when you have, when you see someone like you and you're going, wow, she's fostering all of these these animals, these creatures, and look at the level at which you're doing that, and so I think there's this undertone of an assumption, and I, I made it. I'm not going to lie. Until I read your book, I made it was that, well, you must have some background with taking care of animals, or maybe you were, you know, you worked with a vet, or maybe you grew up on a farm. I mean, you know, there's all these like things. Like you just sort of your imagination runs wild and i'm just no, curious no.
0: i mean i i was a regular person 8 years ago <laughs> just, 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 i mean the truth is we we always so when my husband and I got together, I had one dog, he had two. That was 25 years ago. So clearly we're already the crazy people with three dogs. <laughs> <laughs> that's really it. It's not like I was a vet tech or I was a normal kind of animal loving person who married another person who loves animals. And then we were kind of normal having, you know, and we were from two to four dogs all the time. Maybe that's a little much, but, but no, not an expert, not trained, none of that. And that's one of the nice things about this. I think people feel like to do, I think you can look around right now and feel overwhelmed by the things that are going wrong in the world, and you can kind of feel overwhelmed by stuff, and you, you kind of want to do something about it, and there's nothing you can do about any of these things, uh-huh. and I think it's important to remember that you don't have to do anything big. And it's not like I have some kind of special skills and talents and all that kind of stuff. I mean, clearly over time, I have built some puppy skills. But in the beginning, just a dog loving person. And our family, honestly, what happened is one of our dogs died. Just that has happened to every dog lover out there. And you're sad. Your house feels empty. And so somebody suggested fostering. Mm -hmm. So we took in those two little puppies and it felt amazing, so we kept doing it. And it turned out to be this great thing for our family, great thing for our community, great thing for the dogs, and it was just great. But just think how small of an effort that was. Like, that was just reaching out to take two little puppies for two weeks, you know? That's not a big deal. It's not like I'm carrying cancer, you know? And it was a fun thing, it was a selfish thing. We did it <laughs> to feel better. And, you know, then it has kind of steamrolled into a bigger thing, but I was just stepping towards something that felt good and felt like it was doing a little good and helping us out at the same time. And it has turned into a big deal. I didn't plan to rescue all these dogs. I didn't plan to write a book. I didn't plan any of this stuff. Um, and now I'm even a dog trainer. So over time, um, maybe four years in, I found that I was always counseling our adopters because, of course, you do learn a lot as you're doing this, and you research a lot, and you just you just learn a lot about puppy care and puppy you know, how, how you handle a puppy. And so, because I become friends immediately with all these people who adopt my puppies, and we exchange, and of course, I need pictures because otherwise it's not okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> chatting back and forth, and then they're always always asking advice, and I found I was counseling them on behavior and I thought, you know what, this is super satisfying. I want to make sure I'm advising the right stuff and I wanna do more of this. So I went ahead, did a lot of studying and got certified as a dog trainer. So now it has even turned into a little, have just a small little dog training counseling service that is incredibly rewarding because it can help people enjoy their dogs more. I can help people understand their dogs better and help them have a happier pack. Together. Um, And all that just came from, you know, taking in those two little foster puppies. So, you know, it's just, I think it's super important not to let the perfect be the enemy of the good, you know? Oh, God. Yeah. So profound. Don't be thinking. Don't be crushed by the fact that you don't you can't cure covid, you know? Don't be crushed by the fact that you can't you don't have the answers to all the big problems in the world. Just shh, quiet. Take a little step towards something good, a little tiny step and who knows? Who knows where that's going to lead you? You could get lucky.
1: God, I got to tell you, you you may not realize it, but I do how much what you're saying is so in alignment with a really powerful reflection i had just yesterday morning you know we recently lost my father-in-law just last week and he was such a kind man and he just always was so helpful he he made a point to actively look for ways to serve people and i was really I was the other day just yesterday morning i was on my morning meditation walk and he uh he was on my mind you know obviously and i was thinking about that how we make doing good so complicated we wait for these alignments we want everything to be perfect before we act but he he didn't do that he was like hey you have a need i'm just gonna you said it step toward that goodness and i'm listening to you say that and i'm going that's so amazing i mean you found a good that you can do, and you just step toward it. And now look, it like completely funneled itself into your life right? and And retooled your existence in a large way.
0: You bet. You bet. And it was just a tiny little step. And I just think that there's a lot there. You know, there's just, you know, and everybody isn't going to want to foster puppies, but everybody's probably got something, something to step toward a little bit that will not only bring more light into their lives, but we'll help them to create a little more light around them. And, um, you know, it's, I I do think that when you, you're exactly right, we make it all too complicated, too hard. What's, what's your thing? You know, how, what organization should you work with? Blah, 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 blah. And if we were just kind of kinder and nicer and more thoughtful and, um, just trying to, to get better at doing good things.
1: Yeah. That's interesting because this is really circulating in my head about something that's been on my mind lately. I've been interviewing um, or interviewing. I've been visiting with, I don't like the word interview because I don't interview people. (laughs) Uh, I've been visiting with a lot of authors and that has almost drawn more authors into my life. And what I have found is that i'm starting to really appreciate finding those authors that don't have a bunch of letters after their name (laughs) and i don't mean that as an insult to the ones who do but i am finding that there are a lot of people out there who have done what you just what you said they're they're not uh, overly degreed they don't have just you know decades of experience they don't prop themselves up to be this expert you know they don't have ted talks they're just human beings who step toward right they were drawn to to change to become something more uh in whatever small way and i love those books i mean sometimes they're self-published but i love the stories and i love listening to you say it it just draws me right in this is like to me the This is the whole thing about being a human being or a creature. I'll say you you have the opportunity to awaken that goodness. God, I love the way you put it. Just step toward it. Just a little, it's just that lovely, just lovely.
0: Thank you. I have to say, as you're talking, what it makes me think about it is, I have to say, I am just this regular person, and I did write the book because I couldn't not write the book, and I took the pictures because I can't not take the pictures, and I took in the puppies because I can't not take the puppies. But now here I am being asked to come on your show and talk about what <laughs> I'm doing, and it feels a little weird because I'm just me, you know. Yeah. Um, it it does, and I just keep it's I, I keep wanting to make sure that it comes across the right way which is it's just me a regular person just just taking little steps to do my little things and all i'm trying to do in writing about it is share the good
1: you yeah I mean? man that's the thing
0: people to feel this happy little spot. You know, I see everybody at their best, you know, this, so you were talking about the rescue stuff. Truly the rescue stuff can be a little rough and, you know, I, and I don't want to knock the people who like to talk about that side of it all the time. It, awareness is important. Certainly some of the animals are in bad shape because of, you know, people not being good. Yeah. Um, but i just in the, in the book i talked about how i just don't look at that side of the story because every one of those stories sure maybe somebody wasn't so great to the an animal but guess what it two dozen caring strangers then stepped up uh-huh. to take Time out of their life to go help this one little animal. Somebody brought them to the shelter. Somebody at the shelter realized we don't have room here, and and made the call to the rescue center. Somebody at the rescue center was like, "Hey, can, do we do we have a foster? We do. Okay." Somebody else drove twelve hours to bring that pup up. You know, then the adopters step in, and my neighbors step in. My friends come and they deliver newspapers and supplies, and they come over and they help me socialize the pup. So, all these people step in to do good stuff yeah sh- maybe in the beginning there was a little bit of a rough spot but look at the ratio it's a great ratio and so um i just i i just i think it's important to kind of try to keep that in mind as you go through the world it's easy to get caught up in the sad stuff yeah. but look around is there maybe a whole other side of the story that if you just kind of keep looking at that you'll yeah able to walk through your days a little
1: bit better you know i love that i love everything you're saying right there i mean that that's getting into some really deep stuff about recognizing the duality of life and that's a hard thing to accept it's a bitter pill but you're right i mean without suffering or or tragedy to some degree and it's really horrible to even say it i I would love i want there to be paradise i'd love it if it wasn't that way but that is the thing that creates or gives rise to these beings that step forward and find this and and exhibit this deep compassion i I love it i mean it's a beautiful thing and how else can we develop it i talked about this with my son sometimes i said you know in some traditions spiritually they they would say that the realm of the gods is so perfect that the gods themselves can't even generate compassion without coming to earth where we are it's what it's sought after
0: for sure so i don't know how far you were able to get in the book but one of the chapters is kind of rough and um what i talk about in there is uh that without without the heartbreak you can't feel the joy and Mm -hmm. i think that's just a universal thing across all cultures that at some point people recognize that um without a little bit of suffering you it's all interwoven and i don't know you know i think for most people for me but and i think for many people the saddest stuff that's happened to me is absolutely linked to all the best stuff either whether it's love and friendships or wisdom or something mm. all the stuff that i wish didn't happen and i can't say that i don't you know uh i i still wish it didn't happen however when you look at that bad stuff it does create the very best stuff
1: in yeah life. so, so i think just, it was uh i think stephen colbert was talking about this uh and maybe it was uh, Tolkien that he was referencing, because Tolkien had lost, I believe, his brother, and Stephen Colbert had lost his brother. And he said yep. the quote, and I'm going to probably mess it up, but it was something like this. He said, I love most the thing that I wish most had not happened. Yep. And, yep. I, and I was like, yep. wow, that's that's really powerful.
0: And so this is in the book. I have to look at it. In the book, uh, I quote the prophet. um, and and it says, when you're joyous, look deep into your heart, and you shall find it is only that which has given you sorrow that is giving you joy. When you're sorrowful, look again in your heart, and you shall see that in truth you are weeping for that which has been your delight. Oh. And for sure, yeah. that's it. And so when, and people ask me. When, when things bad, when things are going wrong with foster puppies. So you, know, when you have puppies, puppies can be fragile, and when they're coming from a place that's not perfect, even if they're not coming from a shelter, but still, when they have additional challenges, sometimes sad things happen. And yeah. don't worry, the book is not filled with that, but right. there is, there is a chapter that is a little bit rough. And um, but for sure, when I feel that something like that's going to happen, I. I now I'm old enough. Now I'm an old lady. I am and I'm I know that whatever sadness is to come, I'm going to get through it just fine. And there is going to be good stuff that comes from it. I won't know it right away and I might not see it right away, but it's going to be, there are going to be lessons. There's going to be love. There's going to be
1: something. Well, let's talk about something that I thought was what made me happy as I was reading the book. Yeah, I'm in, I am I work in branding and advertising and have to do a lot of writing and coming up with names for products and things like that. That's sort of my day job. And yep. uh, and it can be a lot of fun, but sometimes it can be like beating your head against the wall because you're going, how do I come up with something creative? And you're usually doing it uh, not under duress, but like on a timeline, yeah, you exactly. know. Right. So I'm reading your book and I am just like amazed. I'm, and it didn't hit me until – uh and i'm gonna mess this up uh it was the the chinese takeout platter take takeout puppies i was like okay and it really hit me when i got to that part i went oh my gosh they have been naming all these dogs and they're all so creative
0: so that is so much fun when you get a litter And you get to name them, that is just a delight. So, our family, honestly, we will spend hours trying, you know, texting back and forth, like what, you know, different litter themes. And so, we have had so much fun doing that. We don't always get to name them, but so when we do, it's fun. And when you get a litter, you tend to do a theme because that's how you get (laughs) them. I'd never
1: heard of that before.
0: It's a thing, it's not just me. Okay. um so we yeah, we had the we had the spice litter. Um so we had cinnamon, chili, pepper, sage, saffron, uh, curry, poppy, paprika, and nutmeg. Um we had Chinese takeout litter, which was like egg roll and um uh mushi and poo-poo platter and beef on a stick. On <laughs> that a stick one cracked me up. He was a big fat boy who just wanted <laughs> to sit still, so we named him beef on a stick. Um uh what else did we have uh we had the band so my my kids are band kids marching band kids yeah and so my son was had, in the
1: marching band too there
0: you go gotta yeah. love marching band oh uh, one of the things that makes me sad right now is that we are like a block from the high school and we should be hearing the band on friday nights. oh and, yeah
1: oh, i know i hear yeah. the energy i miss oh, that sure. yeah
0: yeah um so we had uh um the percussion theme uh, litter we had chime marimba xylophone gong bongo timpani
1: glockenspiel i love it
0: it is very fun to do that and the truth is we we give them silly names because we want the adopters to feel super comfortable changing the name you know we never want them to feel like someone else named their dog and so we kind of do these goofy themes so that they know of course they should rename but what's funny is they often fall in love with their puppy on Facebook because I'm a gross overposter on, on <laughs> Facebook. So by the time they take the puppy home, they are really used to the puppy being called, you know, egg roll or whatever. That's and so, so funny. it becomes kind of difficult for them to change the name. then. So. Yeah,
1: that was actually going to be one of the things I asked you. And I thought that as when that occurred to me that those names were so clever. I was wondering how many people. Do they just go, no, this is my puppy. I want a fresh start. You know, don't change the name. But how so, often do they keep the name?
0: We always encourage them to change them. And we, we tell them, and this is true, that we don't actually call the puppies much by those names. Oh, Here, OK. We kind of call them puppy, 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 because we know you're not really we don't want the, to get them truly responding to a name that might change. Yeah. When we talk about them using their names, but we, we when we're talking to them, we kind of say puppy, puppy, puppy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I still, I have to say, I think probably 30% of the people keep the name, which is just hilarious.
1: Now uh, that is, I love that. Yeah. I've always named my, I, I don't have any dogs right now. As um, Oddly enough, when I was a child, we always had dogs. Uh, but then when I got older and finally when I got married, uh, she had cats and i didn't have a dog at that time and it just in my mind it was like well blending cats and dogs maybe not a good thing didn't really I don't know why I thought that that was just the way it was so now we just have cats but you're right about the name thing I always assumed that cats don't know their names you know I just I never grew up around them so I didn't think I thought well cats don't know their names but that's not true at all our cats know you can say their name and that cat will come down the hall
0: And what's funny is that you can train cats too. And I just think that it's, you know, it's the bigotry, soft bigotry of low expectations. Um, (laughs) Cats can absolutely be trained to sit and stay and spin and all that kind of stuff. And it's just that we don't think about that. And so we don't do it. But um, I, I personally love cats. We always have cats with our dogs. I think, I just think interspecies stuff is fun whether it's people and cats people and dogs dogs and cats me watching my hawk in the backyard Our yeah. interspecies connection is uh extra delightful for yeah, some reason i and love I this i love that you say of, that don't you think that's true i, mean, I it do just, yeah I don't, it's super peaceful like it's it gives you uh, it feels like everything's going to be okay. It feels like we're all part. I, I think at first you feel good about it. Cause it's like, Ooh, bridging the gap. And yeah. then you go a further and you're like, Oh wait, maybe there's no gap, you know,
1: man, I, I wasn't even thinking this was going to come up. I have got to share something with you. <laughs> it's so relevant to everything you're saying. I mean, I, I, some of the things that i personally practice and i call it animal medicine and it has to do exactly with what you're saying i go out during my morning walk and walk in my garden and and by my Mm -hmm. plants and there are little tiny creatures that populate those spaces and they change throughout the seasons you know and the assassin bugs might be there for a season and then now i've got snails and then we had the monarchs and I love that. They feel like they're, I don't want to use the word pets, but they feel like they're my companions, you know, and I look yes. forward to them, you know, being oh, I, around.
0: I love that phrase. Exactly. They're companions.
1: Yeah. And they belong I, here as well, as much as I do.
0: Exactly. And so I think about our hawks and again, I don't like the word "our." like, they're not my hawks, but, but they are, we do hang together, you know, and yeah. I do, I'm going to use the word companion from now on because that, <laughs> that is what it feels like. Like yeah. I swear we're aware of each other. And we're in this world together. And that just feels awesome. And I, I totally feel that way about the trees, too. Like, I'm walking around. I am I am chatting with my trees while I do those oh same walks. Oh, my God.
1: Things. We have a lot. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. <laughs>
0: you know, and I know people, they're just going to think I'm a nut if they listen to this. But I do. I walk around. And I, I sometimes even speak out loud to my trees. But otherwise, I am very much thinking of them as my fellow beings. We're just kind of. And I. Actually, you know, for my for my birthday this spring, I asked for um, an electric lawnmower because I wanted to mow my own lawn. I don't like the big roar of mm. big engines, yeah. but I wanted to do it myself. And I keep telling my husband every time I mow the lawn how it's my favorite present ever because the kitty right there, I notice things more when I'm pushing that little mower. I see exactly which bug jumping out of the way and frankly, I go a little slower and I want to give them a little time to kind of get out of the way. And it, it just, I feel closer to all those living things, whether they're plants or bugs or birds or whatever. And I just, um, I think it's a huge part of feeling grounded in your life is if you have a way to be connected to nature and animals you're just gonna it's gonna be a little harder to get all thrown off kilter by the craziness of humans
1: (laughs) yeah no i think you're right there's so much so much profound wisdom in what you're saying i i've often had a thought that if i can learn to love you know the ant or the spider or the even the cockroach then it gives me I guess training for when I have to love a human being in a new way. You know, if I can extend my heart to even those creatures, then I can right. m- certainly make room for my own species. You know,
0: I think that's really right. I think, I think that's really right. I think it's, um, it's again, training as you t- think about it, you know, finding those things that you do have in common um, and just feeling a link between you yeah. rather than f- focusing on what's different.
1: You know, it's funny. I, there you, you mentioned the hawk and this is what i wanted to share with you this morning when i went on my morning walk you know as i mentioned my father-in-law had passed away and he had given my wife and i of two blurb bluebird houses that were hanging in our tree we had taken them down before the hurricane but uh so i've all in her my wife brought up bluebirds the other day and i said yeah we were talking about those bluebird houses and i said yeah i, I kind of associate a bluebird with him because of the bluebird houses. And so I was walking this morning before the sun came up and there were these two bluebirds that just were following me down the street. They were, they were like going from tree to tree across the street. And I turned around to walk home and the sun was coming up and a hawk kind of flew out of the trees across silhouette across the sun. And then I got home and I went to grab my doorknob and there was a big snail on the doorknob. And I tried to really take those things in and think, you know, okay, I could just go, oh, pretty bluebird. Oh, pretty hawk. Oh, cool snail. But allowing those creatures to almost speak to you, not literally with words, but to go, what do you mean? What do you mean right now in the context of my life? You know, what is the slowness? of the snail yeah. trying to tell me before I enter my home and my day begins. What is the silhouetted Hawk trying to tell me? And it lined up. Do you, I don't know if you're familiar with Thomas Merton, but he, yeah, my reflection from him today was, was exactly this. And I'm going to read it to you. He said a beautiful, neat, prim, little thing seeing this beautiful thing, which people do not usually see looking into this world of birds, which is not concerned with us or our problems. I felt very close to God or felt religious anyway. Watching those birds was as food for meditation or as mystical reading, perhaps even better.
0: And I was like, wow.
1: I was like, that's so beautiful that all that lined up. And then I get to talk to you today, too. So now I'm going, wow, it's like three layers of connectivity. Yeah. I love that.
0: I have to say that. So as you were talking about the the birds and the snail and the I have so many experiences like that, and I don't talk about them because I am worried that putting words on it will make it smaller than mm, it is. Yeah. don't really have the words to say mm-hmm. what it really feels like. And so I just kind of don't. I just kind of feel it. I'm amazed by it. I'm moved by it. It changes me. But I don't talk about it because... <laughs> I am the Stephen King of all people. There was some line in some book of his when I was, I don't know, a teenager that I read. And it talked about something in his head being so big when it it was in his head that he was going to cry. But he put it on paper and it was just sad and small. And that's what I feel about things like that sometimes. And frankly it's also, so I totally get you about that morning. I have things like that all the time. I love them. It's food for my soul. Um, but what's interesting is, so I, and I have a history of going to church and, you know, I was, grew up Presbyterian and all that kind of stuff, but this often I feel like there are too many words. <laughs> uh, yeah. I think that some humans get things a little bit wrong
1: oh, and sure. use
0: too many words to describe things. And it pushes me away from that. Sure. And I feel just like Martin says, you know, that, that time with the bird could even be more,
1: even could, greater. Yeah.
0: I, I'm totally there. Uh, that is absolutely true for me. Yeah. I, I know it's true for everyone, but it is it for me, that is what feels, um, it does make me feel closer to God, whatever that is. Yeah, uh,
1: I'm with you. Words can often, I mean, there. I, I hope, we all hope that even us talking and people listening to us today we hope that it's pointing towards something uh, whether it's pointing them to go hey take a step towards that goodness or an idea or a way of looking at the world but it's always going to fall short from the actual experiential thing and that's ultimately what you want anybody to have even reading your book i thought you know i've never really had this experience that you've had with by caring for these creatures this way not not on the level that you're talking about, you know, I mean, I've had pets and I have pets now, well, but you don't
0: not... have to have
1: a <laughs> At what point? No, go ahead.
0: Love it. I think you would love it. So it's, you know, the day to day nurturing of a dog. So I love cats too, but it's different. Uh, I, I, we always have cats. Truly. I, those are two different experiences that what's fun about a dog is, um, that insistence on living in the moment with a dog you know they are uh pushing you to be outside they're pushing you to laugh they're pushing you to engage they're pushing you to put literally using their paw to get your phone out of your hand uh, so that you go do stuff with them and um and just the caretaking you know the just the caretaking the um, you know, looking out for them. And it, it's just a grounding experience that is quite lovely.
1: So I have one thing that I was curious about. And I, I and you may have mentioned it in the book, but I'm listening to you talk about this whole experience of putting this book together. And it doesn't sound like you were really trying to put a book together. It just became a book, right?
0: That, honestly, that's that's. I did not set out to write a book. Um, what happened is I um, I wanted to capture this stuff for my family. I honestly thought that, um, and I didn't want to forget stuff. So I, I do take pictures all the time, too, because that's just fun for me. It's just, I I, I just love to do that. So um, I didn't want to forget the little things. I didn't want to forget the little vignettes, the little stories that are the things that have turned this into just a regular old, from regular old dog care into something bigger into something that feels like i'm a part of ooh, something bigger like the universe has my back yeah. on this pop so it's the little vignettes that have that moved me to tears all by myself mm-hmm. when they happen in this house i didn't want to forget those and so i did start writing them down and, and at the same time um a friend of mine from um our, our parent of elementary school kid days, started a writing group and she kinda of reached out to some of us and were like, Hey, don't you guys write a little bit? Let's let's do something. So I had to submit something. And so what was on my mind was this. Yeah. So th- this is what I kept submitting just for the writing group. Like that's why it happened is that I needed every, every other month or something. I had to submit something to writing group, which was super fun. We had a great time and they made this book so much better by the way, because they had asked all these questions. The reason like you were saying that it feels accessible to you as mm-hmm. kind of a dog person. That's because of my writing group, because they would catch the things I was saying and say, wait, what do you mean? Ah. And so, Helped me to write it for someone who is not as immersed in dog culture as i am well, I that's I do a
1: wonderful to- writing experience i've never really talked to anybody who went through that process most most of the time i mean at least as i understand it they write the book and then you know there's an editor and all that process but to have a writing group like that that sounds fun actually like it was a lot it of fun. Was-
0: i can't even tell you how fun it's been so we are still in operation it's five years now and we try to meet you know once a month maybe every two months and everybody does something different i do i guess i do puppy writing um there's a poet there's a a playwright there's a novelist there's a um, journalist anyway it's super fun and they truly made this so much better just through the discussions and they helped me figure out um just by their questions, I could see what moves people and what's more interesting, and so I would just shape that chapter that way. Anyway, after a while, we were all like, you know what, this seems like a book.
1: Yes, <laughs> so, okay.
0: <laughs> um, you know, seriously, just kind of what happened, and. Um, and it did. It just kind of came naturally. Honestly, I I am just reporting what happened in this house, and it was just extraordinary things happening here. Um, and so at that
1: point, so, you you've got this thing that you've written, and you've went through this process with your writing group, and they're going, "Hey, you've got a book here. Do you right. go seek out a publisher, or does a publisher seek and out so you?" I mean, what's your next step?
0: I have to say, it it is through the um, this is a this is a women power thing. Like these friends of mine were yeah. like, "No, no, you need to get this out there," because I for sure would have you know, taken my little hard drive to Staples and pr- printed it out, you know, three copies, one for me and Tom, one for Grace, one for Claire, and called it a day. And they were all like, no, no, no. There's really an audience for this. And it's not even just a dog book. There is totally an audience for this. You need to get it out there. So they made me brave. And I started just doing what you do, like, you know, turned on the Google machine <laughs> and figured out, um, and ended up getting, lucky into this agent in new york so it was so fun so i I would send out you know like a chapter or two and a book proposal and you get a million no's just get a million people saying hey nice idea can't do it right now you get a million of those and you expect it because nobody gets a book published my god so you just expect (laughs) that and you try not to take it personally but then out of the ether came this email from this woman who was traveling in europe and she said I find your book magical. I, oh, I'm in country, but I'll be back, you know, whenever. And so uh, it felt fake. Like it felt like it was <laughs> real. Anyway, she she got back. You know, I was waiting on pins and needles, getting a bunch of nose in the process. And she came back. She's like, no, 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 this. Is a great book. I would love to work with you. So she and I worked together, got it all ready, sent it out to publishers, and of course, got a bunch more no's, but then got a yes. Um, And ever since then, and honestly, I have to say that working with the publisher, like it's really my book. Like it was a beautiful experience. It did not really change. Like it.
1: That's wonderful.
0: uh, All they did was catch things that were unclear. Other than that, they just left it alone. And and so as a result, I cannot believe I get to hold in my hands. It's like I'm holding my heart and my brain outside my body. Oh, when I hold.
1: Wow. What a wow. It's That's incredible. Crazy. That's a great way to it's say that
0: That this got to happen. It's just crazy. Um, this is going to sound super morbid, but I sort of feel like I could die now. Like, I feel like this book is like I was here. Like this book is. Oh, yeah. This this book is what I think. It's what I believe. It's what I. It's my footsteps. And my family is all over this book. And so that's part of it, too. And I just. I could not be happier with it. And the fact that other people are responding to it is like crazy icing on the cake. Like I just. This whole thing is a dream. And I almost feel just guilty that it's happened here in 2020 when everyone is having such a tough year everyone yeah and here i had weirdly am having this like experience of a lifetime getting this story that i wanted to tell getting to have it out there anyway it's just complicated well, i also though feel happy that this book which is a, a a joyful that can lighten the load of people happened to come out this year too so
1: i i think your book, I mean, just my take, one of my takeaways was it made me think about the value of my pets in a different way. I Thanks. mean, it made me feel the companionship that they offer, you know, because like, for instance, I, I mentioned that we've had hurricanes, right? So we've been evacuating and then back and then evacuating them back. And then you're split up from maybe your wife and kids and they're in oh. one place and you're in another place. There's been a lot of oh. that. And. but, But within that, the pets have been a constant with me, particularly. And so there may be a week where I don't see my wife and kids, and I won't see them until the weekend, but during that week, the pets are there. And so for me at night when it's the time when you're you you're used to the sounds of your family and and all of yeah. those things here comes you know ladybug and yeah. she just slinks in and she comes and rubs her little cheeks on my feet and that's what she likes to do yeah. and i'm like oh this is familiar this is comfort and that's her way of being affectionate to me and i know that that's her with me that's her particular thing yeah. and so it it is family and it's like i'm i'm still comforted you know i don't have to be I don't know animals are special that way they can really even even the hawk and the birds in your yard and the insects so those things become comforters in a way they're familiar you know i had these frogs that live in my big wind chime outside and i didn't know they lived there until recently and i was like i would water because they hang high and i noticed when i would water i saw these little green dots and i was like oh my gosh there's frogs living in these big metal tubes they're now i that's what I call them. I'm like, oh, the wind chime frogs that they're a part of this home this is where they live right. in the home and I feel right. like they belong here like they're and they comfort me they really do
0: exactly and but the thing is look at that you're open to it and what what i and i'm I'm delighted to hear that reading the book made you feel even a little more aware of the animals and the comfort they bring because truly if you open yourself up to those moments they can bring you incredible comfort. But think about how many people rush around. The dog is just a thing to be walked and the cat is just a thing to be fed. And they don't let themselves relax into the beautiful moments they could be having with those pets. You know, yeah. lie down on the cat, actually meet the eyes of your cat. Let your cat purr on your chest. Is there anything better in the world than having a cat lying on your chest and purring? You know, and if you don't, if you're in such a rush, that you don't feel those moments you're just missing so much and I think part of what this book does this book is very small it talks about small things and that's what small moments with animals add up to a whole lot of peace and I think um if if it made you notice those little moments a little more that makes me happy
1: yeah I it it did, it did, and, you know, it got me thinking about – I was going through some sketchbooks from 20 years ago, and I found some pictures I had drawn of me and one of my dogs, and I was like, oh, my gosh, I haven't thought about him in so many years. But uh, I used to get up and go – I still do it. It's something I learned long ago was I, I found that I love walking at dawn. I love watching the sun come up, and that's just my time. And I had this I- dog – That had just showed up at my parents' house years ago, and he just sort of took to me, and he stuck around, and so he he became my dog. And it didn't hit me until really just recently when I was going through the sketchbooks, and I was like, oh, his name is Apollo. That's what I called him, Apollo. Yeah. And, but... Apollo and the sun and the connection. I was like, I never yeah. really put two and two together, but he was my little sun dog. You know, he, nice. he he was a part of that journey, and I was like, wow, I didn't realize at the time, but his companionship. When I think of those times that I considered alone, he oh, was yeah. there. I wasn't really alone, and that whether I knew it or not, there was something comforting having a companion on that journey. You know, at the beginning,
0: absolutely. Absolutely. And sometime, I mean, uh, I think one of the things this year, uh, with COVID and stuff, it, the animal companionship can be particularly healing because mm. they know they're not sitting around stressing about all this stuff. Right. And the fact that they're just living their own regular lives helps you to get a little bit more on, on that level as you're, as you're walking next to them. And that's, yeah. uh, That's
1: very helpful. Oddly enough, I thought that last night, and I was still finishing up your book yesterday, and I was like, gosh, this, I never really thought of the value of this before, but it was what I was saying about the pets being around when your family's not. Uh, My one cat, Ladybug, she particularly, if her food bowl gets to a certain, like, (laughs) lowness, shallowness, (laughs) she will let you know. And I was, had a lot to do yesterday and I didn't fill it all the way to the top. And she was lurking around and she was doing what she does. And I, and I was like, Oh, you're hungry. You want me to go fill your bowl? I know that's what it is. You want me to make sure it's all at the right level. Right. Okay. And I talked to her out loud and I went and did it. And I, I thought about your book as I was after, after I did it, I was like, you know, I'm, I am a caregiver. I love to cook for my family. I love to, you know, feed them and make sure they all have what they need. That's in my nature. Being able to do that fulfills a part of me that would be missing if my, my, you know, with my children are around. You and it bet. didn't hit me until last night. I went, oh, this is Ladybug serving this role of, hey, I'm hungry, Dad, you know, and <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> take That's care of right. me. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. Well, one of the chapters in the book is we took in my oldest daughter. So I was a stay at home mom, pretty much did a whole lot of volunteering, but basically my big job was taking care of our girls and our oldest girl was heading off to college and we replaced her with nine puppies because <laughs> I, 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 have to say I dreaded for years. I mean, dread is too strong of a word. I wouldn't, I wondered how the heck things would evolve mm me when that when the day-to-day caretaking wasn't of my girls was not what i was doing and um so having nine puppies suddenly in the house kept me beautifully busy with that same kind of nurturing it's the nurturing the worry the joy it's the it's very similar um and it can you know help out when your family isn't right there
1: when it's interesting you bring that chapter up because that one was one that stood out to me uh i'll be honest i read that chapter and i had to pause because i got this sort of under just under the surface shiver of fear because I have a teenager who's going to be graduating and yeah. you said something that I thought God that's so reflective there were a lot of common things you know she being in the band and he was in the marching band too and I was like you said that uh, most teenagers you know you, you hope they do something to where you're ready to go drop them off at college Absolutely. but that didn't happen to you she just got better and more lovely and more bright and I thought that's what's happened with my son. I mean, I think he's a treasure and I'm like, what am I going to do when he finally, yeah. I'm going to yeah. be, it's going to break my heart. Cause I don't want, yeah. I have no thoughts of get out of here. <laughs> like I, I love yeah. this kid.
0: Absolutely. And that was us too. We really didn't. Um, um, but as I say in there, you know, you do find new joys, like you find new ways to communicate with them. And as they grow and explode in their, uh, you know, just th- the ways they're growing outside of the house beyond you, and they're coming back and you see it, it's a beautiful thing. They do get better and better, but it stinks not to have them home all the time. It, it just does. And my kids are we're 10, 10 hours away, so that's, you know, it's not like they were coming home on the weekend. However,
1: right.
0: thank you, COVID, they are both here right now, which is awesome. So we are- <laughs> and the 20 year old back in the nest, which is, I have to say, we never thought we'd have, this is a huge gift for us. We never, I can. I can't even tell you how many times I had a lump in my throat when we were all together over the past few years thinking like over Christmas or whatever, well, this is the last time we'll all be under the roof for this long, you know, from here on, it'll just be a long weekend or something. Nope. (laughs) So now we're all here and it is so much fun to have. I mean, it's just, I can't even tell you. So anyway, they do go away, but they do come back.
1: So that's, that's good to know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. This has really been lovely. We really talked about a lot of things that I didn't expect and that's just what <laughs> I love about these types of conversations, you know. I mean, I your book is a catalyst for these types of talks. Right? I mean, it's a it, you you read the title 101 Rescue Puppies and you think, "Oh, they're going to talk about just talk about dogs, but we've we've really—it's right, not. It's a catalyst for so much more. Yeah. And I'm happy. I know Hello, good news listeners and friends. It's time for the fishing for goodies segment of Find the Good News, where I take a back seat and let the questions from the Good News Fishbowl take over the interviewer role. If you're a longtime listener, then you know that normally there was an ad right here for the Brimstone Museum and Henning Cultural Center in Sulphur, Louisiana, my hometown and the place where I produce Find the good news. Thanks to the devastation caused by Hurricane Laura, instead of an ad, I'm making an appeal. Hurricane Laura, the strongest hurricane to hit Louisiana in over 150 years, made landfall on the crossover hours between Wednesday, August 26th, and Thursday, August 27th. This monster storm made a straight path from my hometown, Sulphur, and her sister city, Lake Charles, Louisiana. I evacuated that Wednesday evening ahead of the storm and returned the Friday after, and one of the most heartbreaking things I saw was the devastation of our historic treasure, the Brimstone Museum. Trying to describe the scale of the damage to Southwest Louisiana escapes words. Every resource imaginable was brought to its knees. Utilities, water, gas, food, shelter, and medical. Life instantly returned to a cycle of shoring up supplies to survive the coming heat, humidity, stabilization, and recovery. While national news media has moved on, the multi-layered human suffering remains, especially for our poorer communities made even more vulnerable in the aftermath of this savage storm. The road to recovery will be long, and many of the decisions and actions of our national, regional, and local politicians could be put under well-deserved scrutiny at this time. But what can't be criticized is the goodwill, mercy, compassion, tenderness, and drive to help that we've seen from local and regional volunteers. Each day they bring hot food, water, cleaning supplies, tarps, gasoline, and set up every single day in parking lots serving from sunrise to dusk. One particular organization, Care Help of Sulphur, mobilized immediately. Volunteers selflessly putting their own needs aside to care for the citizens of Sulphur with all of their varied needs. i put a link to the website of Care Help of Sulphur on my website, as well as some reflections and links, photos, and video about what we are facing right here in Sulphur, Louisiana the home of Find the Good News. You can find that at findthegood.news donate. That's findthegood.news donate. The link is also in this episode's show notes. In fact, this episode was produced on power, provided by the loving gifts and efforts of this podcast guests and listeners. Any help offered to Care Help of Sulfur or Find the Good News in the aftermath of Hurricane Laura is deeply appreciated brimstone museum will be saved and hold this spot once again someday care help will continue to serve the people of this city good people will always rise up to do good works when there is a need now let's take that dive in the fishbowl Well, so That's look, true. there is a part, If you, you said you listened to the podcast, and so uh, there's a part of the show where I give up the interviewer role and I turn it over to this fishbowl right here, and it's full of questions that have been wow. submitted by various guests and people who have listened to the show, some of them I put in there. And what I do for each guest is I reach in and I draw three questions out randomly, and I'll ask you the questions that the fishbowl provides. You game for that? Sure. All right. So let's see what we got here. Oh, come on. Okay. So this (laughs) one, this one says, are you a cat or a dog person?
0: Well, I mean, I'll be honest though. The, the obvious answer does seem dog, but I I adore cats. I really really do. I think cats are art. Um, I think they. I I, I, um, I am constantly amazed by them. But I have to say, our whole life is obviously dogs. So yeah. we'll, we'll go. That one.
1: I'm yeah. going to give you an extra question because that one almost ah. seems like uh, you know too too particular. All right, so here's your next question: If happiness were the national currency. What kind of work would make you rich?
0: Here's what's crazy. What I do is it. Um, yeah. and that's let's just do a little caveat. My husband, the whole reason I've been able to do this little journey of mine is because you know my husband i've been you know we we have a little uh uh we have our our various jobs here, and he is the one who is our provider financially, and so my stuff gets to add in. I don't have to. It enriches your
1: lives, though.
0: It enriches both of our lives. And he is delighted that I do this work. It is so much fun for all of us together. He I mean, his role is hilarious. Like he's constantly singing to the dogs. He's the dog's favorite all the time. So this is something we do do together. As the kids have left the nest, I have amped up the dog training. And so that is starting to look like it can be an actual job job. Um so but I do I just feel like I said, I've been walking, taking little steps toward the stuff that brings me joy. And here I've ended up in a spot that I can't imagine anything I would rather do. That's such
1: better. a good lesson. I know I've said it over and over, but I keep every time you say it, I think that's what I need to do every day. I've got I, to make that a conscious effort. Every day step towards joy and it yep. just keeps and it'll compound.
0: Yeah. And the other thing is step towards things that make you really feel like like yourself. I think so. Everything in life is enjoyable, but I also step toward things that really feel like me and discard things that just feel like they're putting something else on me or whatever. You know? Yeah.
1: No, I get it. Yeah. I mean, we hear that type of lesson so often. And I mean, all the great masters tell us these types of things, too. And it's it's like it's hard to do. Yeah. Right. Right really yeah. is man I, i'm gonna take it to heart though okay this is a good question i think and it's relative relative i think too what is one thing you've learned about people over the years
0: so i think that um you know until mockingbird did you, did you have you read that yes yes so um, the dad makes Scout and maybe the brother too go over and read to the cranky neighbor next mm. door, and they end up seeing another side of her. And I just think, um, I think there are good sides to everybody, and sometimes you have to work super hard to find them. Um, mm-hmm. But it's really worth finding for everybody's sake, uh, for yours and for theirs Um, and sometimes here's what's great about the puppy fostering is it puts me in a position to find that in people all the time because I get connected with people who otherwise I would have zero in common with total strangers they come here they get a dog we probably agree on nothing we have nothing in common but guess what we are now intimately connected over this puppy and we like each other so much we have so much to say to each other could talk forever and I just think um That's just a really important thing to keep in mind that if you can have an avenue to get to know people um, that isn't maybe filled with a bunch of preconceived notions, you know, and puts you on kind of happy footing that you share, um, it makes you feel better about the world. You know, It, it makes you feel like the world is actually filled with all sorts of great people as opposed to what we can kind of feel right now, which is that it's filled with a bunch of jerks, you know. Right.
1: No, I love what you said. Find the thing that puts you on happy footing that you share that we, we you're right right now we focus so much and i say we you know i'm just generally saying most of what you see right now are the loudest voices anyway yeah. are yeah. what are, how are we different and how is my idea different than your idea or what i want is different than what you want and how can i f- force you to see it my way and if i can't force you then i'll just be mean to I'm you and then it just mean talking. compounds into mean you know
0: it does it does and if instead you can stumble without learning any of those things into a conversation that connects you yeah guess what then when you might stumble into those other areas you can you're going to find that they feel a lot different that you might have a very different kind of conversation so i just feel like the older i get the more i'm a hundred percent sure Anybody I encounter, I really am going to have something in common with. And there, there's something hidden in there that, you know, we could share.
1: Yeah. The more we listen and the more we willingly sit and, and talk like this. So you, I mean, like yeah. tonight, today or tonight, I, yeah. uh, I found half a dozen or more extra connective nodes between you and I that weren't yeah. necessarily apparent in the book. And that's because we've yep. taken the time to talk. I love that. Okay. And I think if we just did that. It I takes agree. effort, though. We do. Have, you have to make the effort to be with somebody.
0: It does. You have to, you know, turn off whatever you're binging, and you know, <laughs> right. You got you to make the effort to do the interpersonal conversation, and that it it it's worth it.
1: Yeah. Okay, yeah. we got one more question out of the fishbowl okay. for you. Which season of the year fits your personality the most?
0: Gotta go with fall. Uh huh. And- I love fall. I love fall. Fall is just partly just, um, I love to be outside all the time and falls the weather that you can be outside all the time uh, it, when you live here. Summer, just too hot here. Um, winter here is kind of dumb. It's not good enough. We don't get enough snow. Uh, <laughs> spring is hit or miss, but fall here is just gorgeous. And I love to be outside all the time. Um, and falls also, you know, I guess I think of fall as sort of fresh starts because I think I still link it with school, oh. new school shoes, and school supplies. Yeah, um, you know, spring is supposed to be your fresh starts. But I think to me, the bracing wind and stuff it, that it just feels more like a fresh start to me. And that's just feels filled with hope and possibility and all that.
1: Oh, that sounds wonderful. We don't really have that here where I live. Uh, We have like one sort of muggy season and then the other one's like more muggy and hot. So it just blends into, we don't have four. I was actually telling that to my wife the other day. We're making like a a wish list because we've been talking about getting off the coast. The hurricanes are just, I don't know if I want to do it again in even a decade. I just don't want to do this again. and.
0: You know, yeah. we were talking
1: like, well, where would we go? Let's be intentional. And we were talking about our wish list, and that was the first thing I wrote down. I said four seasons. I oh, want yeah. four seasons. I've never had four seasons.
0: Yeah. No, it's delicious to have seasons. You really do. You yeah. just feel And and I guess they all feel like a fresh start. You all it just feels like okay, here we go, you yeah. know? And that's, I do think that that makes makes you feel good. Uh, anyway, I'm sorry about your mugginess. That's what summer <laughs> just makes me nuts. I'm sorry for all you all. You guys have been
1: through too. Uh, we're we're deal, We'll get through it. Thank you for saying that. Um, people are there. Everybody's got stuff to do. I mean, there's nobody. I think that wasn't touched down here. It was just so destructive. I mean, yeah. I, I, I can't I can't even explain it. I mean, yeah. it's not like the fires. I mean, where they it's everything's destroyed. It's more just um, rubble. You know, yeah. like just rubble. Every, Everything's just like, who,
0: who fixes that? So you guys just all go in. I've never been in a hurricane or in, in the aftermath. Yeah. And I can't even imagine like who gets the trucks, like where does the, Rubble go like yeah. I don't even know how that's. Oh, that
1: I know. I'm. Ju- I mean, I was. It was the last time we had one here that was really this destructive was 15 years ago, and this one was worse. I think it had more oh. wind. Um, yeah, yeah. It goes into a big. I mean, I hate to say, it, but just a big landfill. I mean, and it's huge. Yeah. But there's more from this one because we had a lot more wind. Um, things that didn't, that weren't destroyed 15 years ago. Have just been. I, I was blown away when I got home. I, I'm no pun intended. Blown away. It was shocking. I wasn't prepared because I thought, well, I've seen what this does. It's bad, but you know, it's going to be okay. There, I, I don't know. It's different this time. It's just, and then to have one forty days later. Yeah. To already yeah. damaged structures. It, it, it's been tough, but I don't want to bring us on a down note. I mean, it, it, we're going to make it through, but yeah, you know, yeah. it does make you think about relocating when you, you know, like, do I want to do I, this <laughs> again?
0: I want to do this again. I'm sure you do see all sorts of good in people, though. When oh, my this gosh. Happens.
1: Exactly.
0: To, you know, show up with the chainsaws and they show up with yes. their you know, day one uh, generator and they make coffee, you know, just. Yes. It, it, that's a that is a nice thing to see i'm sure it doesn't feel wholly compensating right now but uh, it is a nice thing to see well
1: it does give you opportunities to serve people that are not in your family and and your family it gives you opportunities to see the best in people i mean you can look for the worst or the best and you're going to find what you look for i think most people have chosen to try to uh See the best and do the best. Okay. I mean, people have worked tirelessly to help their neighbors in this situation. So that's a good thing. You're right. I mean, pointing that out's the way to go.
0: Yeah. So good. I did so have good. one
1: since we're talking about goodness, I have one last question. This one's uh I ask everybody this. It's the last thing I ask on the show. Uh so my family and I years ago, we made one little tiny change at the end of the day when we would get together and recount our days. We used to say, How was your day? And what I noticed was sometimes if you just open the floor to how is your day, we can just like with social media, we can tend to focus on the negative and say, oh, you know, this happened today and X, Y, Z, and you can slide into a hole. So we just changed one word. We said, did anything good happen today? And it changed the direction of our conversation. We started being more grateful. And so I asked that question of you today. Did anything good happen today?
0: You know what? As you're talking, first of all, the thing, the question we used to ask at the dinner table was threefold. We said, um, "What's the best thing, worst thing, and something you learned?" So oh, wow! For nice. Oh, I like that. Something you learned is is that that's a fun thing to add in there. Um, yeah, and I guess the, I think we kept the worst worst thing in there because. Yeah, uh, felt like we had to give a chance to some balance.
1: That. Yeah, get it um, out.
0: <laughs> I to say that the good thing that happened to me today is I got to learn not to be nervous about these conversations, uh, these interview things, because this was super fun with you. Oh, um,
1: good. I'm so glad super- to hear that.
0: And I, and I really appreciate it and I do this is new to me obviously doing these things and um I was you know just nervous about it and you just made it so much fun so that was something good to have you know today.
1: what I get nervous before I talk to every guest I do especially people who have accomplished what you've accomplished you know like you said that about your book you put it in a very special place it's uh it represents your life. you has got your family in it. I mean, you looked at it, you said, you know, like I, it's like me outside of me. It's alive out here. Yeah. Um, and so when I see people who have stepped towards joy and goodness and taken those actions, and I see those things, realize that I go, man, I want that. You know, I want, I want. I want to do show, that too. That's
0: what you're, that is what you're doing with the show. <laughs> yeah. it's exactly what you're doing. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Well, thanks for saying that. I, I we do, I, you know, in our small, small little way, just trying to use whatever talents I have to, um, to change the, the narrative that everything's just terrible out there.
0: And it's, and it's just, it's a ripple effect. Like, you don't know how many people are going to hear what we talked about tonight. And you don't know what little sentence you said or I said might make somebody do something that makes their life feel a little better. Like, how great is that? That is know?
1: great. Speaking uh, of getting people to. To do things, I I want people to get your book. So do you have a place (laughs) that you like for uh, people to get it? Do you have a preference?
0: I want people to buy it wherever they like to buy their books. So um, you absolutely can buy it on Amazon. I do think you should go to Amazon to read the reviews because there are some awesome. Oh, really? Read the customer reviews. It's so fun. At least it's fun for me. But it's a ton of people just saying, good Lord, this cheered me up. So that's great. Um, You can buy it. You can do online Barnes and Noble, you can do indie.com or whatever, and or you could just go to, call your, you know, shop local, man. Go to go talk to your local bookstore and ask them if they have it. They probably do, and if they don't, they could probably order it for you. So I don't want to tell you how to buy it, but you can buy it any old way you want. 101 okay.
1: Rescue. I'll put now, a link to it on uh, bookshop.org. I believe some of the money from bookshop.org goes to uh, local bookshops. They, they raise use it to raise money for them. So we'll put a link there, but people like you said, can get it anywhere. And you have a website that people can go to. And
0: so it's, um, dot com. That's Uh. P U P P Y P I C K S.com. And you can, uh, you can find my book there and you can find training tips. Like if you've got a puppy that you're trying to teach some things, you can find my little videos on little short, easy videos on how to teach your puppy to sit, stand, that kind of stuff. Um, Anyway, there's all sorts of fun stuff on there, so you'll probably enjoy it.
1: This has been so much fun. Kathy Callahan, the book is 101 Rescue Puppies by New World Library. Guys, go check that book out. It really did bring me a lot of joy. It made me smile. In fact, this whole time I've been talking to Kathy, I've been smiling. <laughs> I, I, I love when I've talked to a guest, and I, I feel this way. Kathy, thank you so much for spending time wow. with Appreciate me this it. evening.
0: I really, truly enjoyed wow. it, and I look forward to staying in touch.
1: That I found. Thanks for listening to my Beacon Series conversation with Kathy Callahan. If you'd like to experience Kathy's book, 101 Rescue Puppies, make sure to visit the links in the show notes. If you found something of use in this conversation, consider visiting findthegood.news donate, where you can help this good news mission and organizations working to help in the historic aftermath of Louisiana's 2020 hurricane season. I thank you for pressing play and for syncing up with this good news beacon.